0: Hello and welcome to episode 83 of Prosperity by the Pint. I'm your host, Bryce Carter, certified investment management analyst, chartered financial consultant, and certified financial planner. I'm also a self-proclaimed millennial money expert, and this is a podcast where we talk about money, investing, business, and life success, all while having a cold beer. Cold beer of the week. This is from New Holland, and it is the Tangerine Space Machine. It's a New England-style IPA from New Holland Brewing in Holland, Michigan, uh, 6.8%. They say it's citrusy, juicy, and hazy. As long as they don't call it moist, right? Here we go. Cheers. That's quite nice. It's lovely. Uh, It doesn't pack a lot of IPA punch. It's very citrusy. A lot of orange in it. It's pretty good. This week, we are going to be talking about record low interest rates and what those mean for your finances. So I'm going to give you a little bit of history lesson here. And that is... On interest rates, obviously, rates had uh, peaked in the early interest uh, in the early '80s at around uh, so a benchmark. First facts: benchmark for interest rates is the ten-year Treasury. So in the early '80s, I believe it was 1981, the ten-year Treasury peaked at about 15%, which means you could buy a U.S. Treasury bond, uh, guaranteed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government, to pay you 15% a year, and at the end of that period of time, ten years, they were going to give you your money back. So you put You buy $10,000 worth of treasury bonds, they pay you 15% a year, which is $1,500 a year. (laughs) And then at the end of the uh, 10 years, you get your uh, $10,000 back. What a deal. They've been on a steady decline since then. Now, when I say the 10 year treasury is the benchmark, all other interest rates essentially uh, correlate with that, which means if the 10 year treasury is high, mortgage rates are high. If the 10 year treasury is high, Uh, other bond interest rates are high. If the 10-year treasury is low, mortgage rates are low. Auto loans are low. Uh, Bank interest rates are low. So the amount you earn on your savings, your CDs, your checking, your money markets, et cetera. If the 10-year treasury is low, those are low. They're not the same rate, right? But they're correlated, which means they move together. Now, this is confusing for people sometimes because you see that the, the federal government, the the Federal Reserve sets interest rates. What the Federal Reserve sets is the intra-bank borrowing rate. So banks have to have a certain amount of cash reserves at the end of every business day compared to the amount of liabilities or outstanding loans that they have. Sometimes they're short on that. And so they borrow from each other and they borrow from each other at an interest rate determined by the Federal Reserve. Uh, and, and so they target a Federal Reserve interest rate number and it is usually coinciding with rises in things like treasury bonds, et cetera. So all these rates are kind of correlated and moving together. But the Federal Reserve does not set the treasury rate. The Federal Reserve sets the intrabank lending rate. The treasury rate is set at auction, but it happens to correlate with the intrabank, the Federal Reserve lending rate, okay? Makes sense? Probably not, but I will continue to move on. What you need to know is that interest rates peaked in the early 80s at 15% for a treasury, and they are have been on a steady decline since. So they were on a steady decline. They were pretty low. There's bumps in the wave. There's bumps always in the wave, but they were pretty low. Um, they started to come up again, and then we had the financial crisis, 2008, 2009, one of the tools that the Fed used was cutting interest rates. They cut interest rates and that causes uh, individuals and investors to borrow money uh, for financial needs, for stuff, for goods and services, right? It's a lot more appealing to go and buy a new car when you can finance it at 2% as opposed to 12%, right? So, when you lower interest rates, it tends to get people spending money and gets, gets, gets the juices flowing. So the Fed cut interest rates really, really low. They kept them low throughout the recovery of the financial crisis, and they were only very slowly, incrementally raising interest rates. And as they started to slowly you know, raise interest rates, it was kind of a nice slack, gradual recovery, nice gradual rise in interest rates. And then 2018 happened. So the market was hot. In 16 and 17, coming off of President Trump's win, um, tax reform, etc., cetera, uh, market was hot. The Fed decided that it was probably getting a little too hot, and they were worried about inflation. So they they bumped up how quickly they were raising interest rates. So the Fed in 2018 raised interest rates four times. And the fourth time was like a gut punch to the markets. And in order to stop essentially a free fall, the Fed had to backtrack and start Cutting rates again in 2019, that gets us to where we are today. Is close to. So they started cutting rates again, and then they almost ran out of ammunition. They almost couldn't lower rates at all anymore. And COVID hit. So COVID puts the economy in this screeching halt. You know, markets are getting haywire everywhere, and the Fed needs to step in and help. Well, you already freaking you raised rates, and then you cut them back down just because the market was a little jittery, and now we got the world's greatest financial crisis. A potentially happening because of this pandemic. And you already lowered interest rates in 2019 in response to the market getting jittery about your increases. So they cut them to zero. That's about all they could do. And then they say, we're just going to print money. We're going to keep printing money, as much money as we need to print to save this economy. And that kept rates super low. So now, from 15% in 1981, the 10-year treasury is at below 1%. What does this mean for you and your finances? That's the point of this episode. And so if you are a person that wants to borrow money, you're younger, you're starting a family, you're an investor that needs money to capitalize your business, an entrepreneur, if you're buying a house, if you're buying a car, if you're buying things that you need to borrow money for, it is really good for you. In fact, it's something like 17 million people can now refinance, again, because Rates just Mortgage rates just hit a record low, according to Freddie Mac, at 2.72%. I myself am working through a refinance right now in the mid 2%. And so if you're wanting to borrow money, that is fantastic for you. Quick beer break here. That is good. I could drink that all day. If you're wanting to borrow money, that's good. If you're a saver and you're wanting to save your money conservatively, Low interest rates are bad for you. Why? Because everything correlates off of them. Bank accounts, CDs, money markets, bonds, safe investments, fixed annuities, guaranteed income annuities. All those things are related to fixed interest rates, which are a record low. So I can go out and borrow money. Grandpa can't go buy a great CD rate. That's the problem. So when we look at these different things with regard to interest rates, it's not only where rates are now. Is where rates will continue. Will rates will go? So if we're at zero, and I, I very much doubt. I could be wrong. I could eat my words. I very much doubt that the U.S. will go to negative interest rates. It's possible, but not probable. And that means that the only direction that interest rates can go from here is up. Now the question is how fast it will go up. I think it's probably going to be slow, albeit probably faster than it was during the 2008-2009 crisis, just because we have to bounce off of zero. We need to. It's not healthy long-term for us to keep interest rates at zero. But we will probably have low rates for a considerable long period of time. We're not going to see 15%. I don't believe in my lifetime. Could eat my words on that one too. But the point is that changes in interest rates have a dramatic effect on investments and borrowing as well. So if interest rates go up and continue to go up, that means that if you're going to buy a home, you can afford less of a home because if you're borrowing to buy that home, your mortgage is going to be higher, right? So rising interest rates do kind of have a negative impact on those that are willing to borrow and spend. They also have a little bit of a negative impact on, this is the interesting part, on savers. So there's this old adage that you the percentage of, of bonds that you should own in your portfolio is... The, the age that you are. Now, I've talked about rules of thumbs in this podcast in the past. I don't think that's super accurate. Like, for instance, if you're 20, it doesn't mean you should own 20% of bonds. But if you're 70, you might maybe need to own 70% bonds. Bonds are attached to interest rates, right? So we already talked about how interest bonds are going to be paying really low rates right now. Well, here's the thing. The bonds that you own today most likely weren't issued today. They were most likely issued five years ago or 10 years ago, or 15 years ago, and five years ago, we were at a higher interest rate than we are today, because again, we're at zero today. So let's say you bought a bond issued by Walmart at 3% five years ago. That bond now is worth more than what you paid for it, because nobody else can go get a bond from Walmart at 3% in this hypothetical example, right? But at the same time, as interest rates start to rise, that becomes less and less and less valuable, because... If eventually, let's say Walmart starts issuing bonds at 4%, who will want your 3% bond when they can go to Walmart and get one for 4%, right? And Walmart does issue bonds. Even though they have more cash than God, they still issue bonds. So here's the point is that as interest rates rise, the value of bonds goes down. Interest rates rise, bonds go down. Make sense? Interest rates go down, bonds go up. So And bonds have gone up dramatically this year, more so than I thought I would see, I mean, really, I I did not see this one coming because of the COVID and because interest rate got cut to zero. Bonds have gone up dramatically. They will probably not do that again uh, in in the near future because interest rates can't go lower. So why would bonds appreciate in value if, you know, that, that counterbalance I talked about, interest rates up, bonds down, vice versa, holds true. So what what does this all mean? It means rates are low. It's a good time to borrow. It's a bad time to save in cash. Uh, It's always a good idea to have cash in your financial plan, but it's not a great investment vehicle at this particular point. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you are. That's where we are. Cheers. The topics that I discuss in this podcast are meant to be general information and educational only. I'm not giving you specific advice because I don't know you personally. In order to give you specific advice, you should work with an advisor or someone that can learn your specific situation and give you advice that applies to you. If I talk about a specific security, please keep in mind I'm not recommending that security. And don't forget, investing involves risk. When you invest, there's always the possibility of losing capital, which is why you should consult with a qualified, licensed financial advisor prior to investing.